Hi, it's Melanie White here and welcome to episode 13 of the Habitology podcast. And it's called simply, How to Create a Plan When You Don't Know What to Do. Now this podcast is about your level of knowledge. And it's about how easy it is to procrastinate when you lack knowledge around a task that you need to do. Here's an example. Imagine that you're building a website. You know that you need to get a domain name, you need a website host, you need to build some pages, you need to write some content to go into those pages, and you need to have some sort of a design and branding and layout that people are going to recognize. Most people know at least that much about building a website, so they think that they can get started and do it. But what happens along the way is that you start doing that task of building a website and you realize how much you don't actually know. The thing is that you don't actually realize how much you don't know. What you do is your brain unconsciously says, oh, you don't know how to do this next step. You don't know where to get a domain name or you don't know how to use this website platform or whatever it is that you don't know. And what happens is you procrastinate. You walk away from the task because it's confusing or difficult or you're unsure or you're fearful and you'll go shopping online instead. You'll go and buy yourself some stationery. You'll go and do some vacuuming. You'll check your email. And really this is about two things. Firstly, understanding the stage of learnings, stages of learning, and secondly, knowing how to overcome the unknowns. So let me walk you through this process of creating a plan to complete a task where you don't have all the information. Let's start with the stages of learning. You may or may not have heard of these, but they're kind of interesting. The first stage is that you're unconsciously incompetent. That means that you don't know what you don't know. And if you've never built a website before and you're not that tech savvy, for example, you probably only know that there are five or six steps and you aren't really cognizant of the detail. Another example could be that you've been overweight and not eating properly for most of your life and suddenly you want to lose 10 kilos and you think that all you need is a meal plan. So that first stage of learning is where you're at, unconsciously incompetent, unaware of all of the things that you need to learn and be able to do to complete that task and get that outcome. Normally what happens is when you start doing something and you learn along the way, you become consciously incompetent. That's where you suddenly realize what you don't know. You say, ah, oh, I know where to get a domain name, but I'm not quite sure how to build the actual website itself. Or in the other scenario I mentioned, you get yourself a meal plan and you say, oh, okay, I know how to plan things. It's more that I don't know what I need to be eating or when to eat or how much to eat. So as you start learning, you know that you do know how to do some things, but not other things. And that's the consciously incompetent stage, number two. As you learn more and get better at something, you go into stage three, which is consciously competent. This is where you're actively learning what to do and you're saying, hey, I know how to do this stuff. It's where you start really recognizing and acknowledging your success. In the website example, this might mean that you've jumped onto a platform like Wix and you've learned how to use Wix to build some pages and a blog and you go, oh wow, I actually learned some things and now I know how to build a website using Wix at the very basic level. I can do this. 
In the eating or weight example, you might say, hey, I've got some idea of what to eat. I'm starting to lose weight. My meal plans are great. I'm getting on top of my week. I'm feeling organized and I'm eating more vegetables. This is awesome. I'm getting good at this. So that's stage number three. And it feels really good to be there. What happens next is that behavior becomes ingrained or automatic. The habit becomes part of who you are. Our brains love latching onto habits and they love automating things because our brains like to be efficient and run on uh, an energy saving mode if you like. So the fourth stage is being unconsciously competent. You know what to do and you just do it. It's kind of the reason why you head off somewhere and you're driving along and suddenly you're there and you don't even remember the drive there because you were lost in thought about something else. Your brain knew what to do luckily and allowed you to drive the car and get to where you needed to be because you're unconsciously competent with driving. The same thing is what can happen with any other thing in life that you're learning. In the sense of healthy eating it means that all of the habits that go with healthy eating have become natural. They're just part of what you do every day. So you're no longer living the old life of the 10 kilo overweight person. Now you're doing the habits of the healthier person. Or in the sense of technology, before you had very little idea of what to do with building a website, but now you're able to go in and update the pages easily and efficiently because you know how to run the software. So the four stages of learning, just to recap, unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent, consciously competent, knowing what you do, and unconsciously competent. It's a habit. So that's an example of what happens in our stages of learning and the reason that we procrastinate is that when we start something new and especially if you're trying to do something you've never done before, you're probably in the first one or two stages of learning. You think you're going to give something a go and you don't realize how detailed or complex it really is. And that's disappointing because your expectation is that you'll be able to do that thing or get it done in a certain amount of time. But then reality bites. You get halfway through and you get stuck. You go, oh, I'm not quite sure what to eat or I don't know how to run this software or I'm not sure what the next step is. The temptation at that point is either to push through and flounder around and feel hopeless and beat yourself up or to distract yourself, to procrastinate and go and do something different. Either way, it's a little bit like a baby stuck in the birth canal. You're going to have to do something different if you want to stop procrastinating, keep moving forward and get the task done and feel accomplished with it. So I've got a bit of a plan that I've developed to help you if you are in going through a learning process for something new and you want to get it right. The first thing I suggest is that you get in the mood to plan, that you spend 15 or 30 minutes exercising or being outside or listening to inspiring music or a great podcast, doing something to help you feel calm and relaxed. It's so important because when you plan, it's a really creative exercise and you need your brain to be in a positive, creative and receptive space. If you're hurried or stressed or fearful, it's going to close down your brain, put you into fight and flight mode and make it virtually impossible to get the plan out. So do something to get you in the mood or plan at a time when you have the most free headspace, like first thing in the morning or first thing on a Monday morning, even better. Use your time wisely and to best effect. So get in the mood or pick a time slot that will be most creative for you. 
The second thing to do is to brainstorm the plan. And when you aren't quite clear on what to do or how to do it, that's the easiest and safest place to start. It feels less concrete and a bit more forgiving than creating the actual plan. And it often reveals how much you do already know, which feels good. Brainstorming the plan helps you to manage your expectations around what you can realistically do and by when and what, how much you can achieve. So when you come to building the actual plan, it will be more realistic. To brainstorm your plan, what you need to do is to set aside 15 to 30 minutes and think about some of the basics of the plan. Let's say that you wanted to build a website using that example, so we keep it simple. What's the time frame for that goal? When would you like the website to be built by? So you've got two things there. You've got an end date and you've got a desired result or outcome. I want to have my website built in 30 days, let's say. Then brainstorm what you know about building the website, all of the tasks that have to be done. Think about how much you do or don't know. Maybe you're unaware of that, but have a look at all the tasks. See how long you think they'd take and say, is 30 days realistic for this? Is my time frame, whichever time frame I've allowed and the result truly going to be met based on my current level of knowledge? Maybe or maybe not. If you really don't know whether your um, brainstorm is realistic, it probably tells you that you are in the unconsciously incompetent stage and you probably need to go and get some help or do some training before you tackle that thing. On the other hand, you might be able to list a lot of things and say, wow, I feel pretty confident that I could do most of this. It's just a bit of a ready reckoner to get you clear on your level of knowledge right now. If you've never done something before, you could pretty much expect that your level of knowledge is low. Also, you might not know what to do, but you might have some idea of the skills or resources or preparation that you need to do to complete the project. So you could write those down too. That's just the, some of the steps you can use to get prepared. So you brainstorm what you know, you set a time frame and, and result, and you think about how much you already know how to do. Then you're ready to make your plan. That's step number three. So you've done your prep work, which is step number one. Step number two is to brainstorm what you do know and manage your expectations around that. Now it's time to actually plan the steps. When you have an outcome like building a website or losing 10 kilos or anything else like that, there are going to be probably three main steps that you need to complete along the way. For example, if you want to lose 10 kilos, you know that you probably need to get organized, you need to find out what to eat, and you need to find out how much to eat, for example. They're the three main things you'd need to do to lose 10 kilos. If you're building a website, you know that you might need to get a domain and hosting, you might need to create content for the website, and you might need to use a platform that has a nice look and feel. That'd be the three things. So you put each of those at the top of a column as your main outcome or tasks. That's the things that you need to master, right? The steps that you need to complete. What you do next is brainstorm the smallest steps, individual steps below each of those. Let's take organized for healthy eating as an example. Let's say that you wanted to lose 10 kilos and you know that you need to get organized. Well, what does that actually mean? What are the individual steps that you need to take to be organized? 
Logically, you might think, okay, I need to have a shopping list. I need to have a day where I cook meals in advance, do some bulk meal prep. I need to experiment with chopping vegetables. I need to have some recipes laid out so I don't have to think. Maybe I need to get someone to help me cook. So all of those tasks could be part of organising. Then the next step we had was to know what to eat. Now this is obviously an area where there might be some knowledge gaps. And if you can't think of anything, the starting point is, well, what are the food groups? What do I know? I know that I need to eat lots of vegetables. I need, I need to eat less junk food or less chocolate. I need to have some healthy proteins and some healthy fats. Maybe that's all you know. But the actual specifics of the foods might be missing and that tells you, hmm, these are things I need to get help with. I need to find someone who can tell me or help me find out, work out what the specific foods are that I need to eat. Otherwise you might be trying to push the proverbial uphill when it comes to actually eating healthily. And the third part of the healthy eating scenario was how much do I eat? This is confusing because there's a lot of stuff out there about calorie counting and you don't know should I fast or should I have breakfast? Should I eat a big lunch or a big dinner? Should I snack or should I not snack? So once again, if you have more questions than answers here, if you're not sure about the individual tasks, you might need to find somebody to help you with this. But think about what you do know already. One basic thing you know is that if you feel like you've eaten too much, then you've eaten too much. So if your portion size at dinner, for example, if you go back for seconds, if you're eating when you're not hungry, you're smart enough to know that that means that you're probably overeating. Your portion size needs work there. So at the very basic level, using hunger and overfulness is a really simple way for you to figure out how to manage portions, aside from getting any help. But what we have here is a three-step plan with some detailed tasks. And in that scenario that I just described, obviously you might have more skills or knowledge in the planning side of things than you do in the actual what to eat and portion size side of things. So what you have is a partial plan with gaps that need to be filled. And now, knowing this, you can go out and get some help to fill the gaps. You could either do a training course or you could find somebody and pay them to help you. One other thing I would ask you to do at this point, once you've got your three main steps and then the detailed tasks below that, is to check in with yourself. Is there any of those steps that when you read them you feel some level of resistance? Is there any of those steps that when you read them you feel some sort of fear or discomfort? Because if there are, it means that you're probably going to have trouble when it comes to doing that step. Let's say that one of your steps in organising was cooking meals in bulk and you feel resistant to that because you don't like cooking. That's obviously going to be a barrier that comes up when you come down to preparing the healthy meals. You're going to work out, I don't actually like cooking. How is this even going to be sustainable? That in itself is a really revealing thing. And so rather than create a plan that you're unlikely to do and just, you know, you can't just hope that one day you'll love cooking, Maybe you will, but perhaps you also need to look at ways you could address that obstacle. So once you've created that draft plan 
and plan the steps. Check in with yourself for resistance and fear to see if there's anything and, and skills gaps to see if there's anything that you need to get help with. Wherever there are questions, you need to find somebody or something to get, help you find the answers. Otherwise, you'll never learn to do that thing properly. And you'll be in that stage of learning, unconsciously incompetent or consciously competent. Sorry, consciously incompetent forever. The last thing you need to do with that plan is to get somebody to review it with you. Because if you don't know what you don't know, then you're only going to be able to create an incomplete plan. You need somebody to help you find gaps to reality check it and make sure that you get all the tasks in order. Then you can create a complete plan with full detail and all of the steps mapped out. You can identify whether there are things that you need to troubleshoot or problem solve up front, whether there are things you need to learn or whether there are things you need to outsource or delegate. So finding that person to help you review your plan is really important. Okay, so that was step number three. There was a lot in that one. And step number four is actually scheduling the steps. So once you've got your plan, it's been reviewed, you know what you need to do and in what order, it's time to put them in the diary. And the reason you do this is so that the tasks actually get done. So to get this right, make sure that you've nominated really specific tasks, the smallest steps possible. Check that they're in the correct order that you do the most important tasks first or tasks that affect others first. For example, if you know that you need to create a healthy meal on Monday, but that relies on you having done the shopping first, then the most important task that you schedule is going to be the shopping, right? And you can only shop when you know what you're going to cook. So you need to have a list of recipes or meals that you're going to make before you can do the shopping. So make sure you understand the hierarchy of your tasks and schedule them in that order. The next thing to do is to estimate how long each task will take in minutes or hours. If it's a new task, you need to double or triple the time. Something like going shopping for food is pretty easy. You know, it generally takes you an hour. That's a no-brainer. But something else like finding recipes, who knows how long that would take? The best approach there would be to say, I'm going to find three new recipes, or I'm going to buy a recipe book, or I'm going to find as many recipes as I can in an hour. That way you're making a task that's more specific, easy to schedule and that you'll definitely complete in the time you allocate. Also, it's important that your, your schedule has all of your other work and life tasks listed in it first. Especially if you're in business and the thing that you're planning is a business thing. Your timing could blow out and you could be missing out on important things like self-care or exercise simply because you lacked clarity on your tasks. So be sure that your rest of your life's commitments are in your diary before you start allocating time to anything new, especially something that you've never done before. The last thing to think about is that the time slot that you allocate for a task is realistic and not just in could I feasibly do it then in time, but how am I going to feel then? Like imagine that you've had a really busy day at work. It's typical for a Monday, you do a 12 hour day and then you get home and you're exhausted. What would be the point of trying to force yourself to do bulk cooking on a Monday night when you know that you're going to be exhausted then? So really think about the time slots that you choose for each task. Choose the times that 
require creative thinking or focused effort for when you have the most energy. It could be a certain time of day, a certain time of week or a certain time of month. But make sure that your tasks that you allocate match the energy that you'll have in that time slot. So that's the steps for scheduling this, the tasks. The smallest possible units, get them in the right order. Allocate a length of time to each one, allowing plenty of extra if it's something new. Uh, making sure that you allocate the tasks to align with the mood and energy that you have at the time, so they're realistic. Now comes the fun bit. It's the doing bit, and that's the final step in planning when you don't know what to do. Obviously, it's a new thing, and even with the best upfront planning and problem solving, you're probably going to face some challenges. So I'd recommend that you start doing the tasks that you allocated for your first week. Review your progress and see how you're going. Reflect on what works and how you can keep doing more of that. Reflect on what didn't work and say, what would I need to do to get a better outcome? Can I experiment here or would I need to do something different? So thinking about the actual doing of the tasks, be prepared to fail, be prepared to experiment, problem solve and seek help. Just because you've made a plan doesn't mean that you're automatically going to nail it the first time and get it perfect. When you sense any urge to procrastinate or delay or give up, then it probably means you need to learn something or find a solution. I'd encourage you to reflect on that and see that as an opportunity to get better at what you're doing, to learn and to actually finish what you start. Well, I hope that's been useful. That's my little plan for making a plan when you don't know what to do. And if you have questions, you can contact me. Go to my website, melaniejwhite.com, and um, hit the contact button. And if you know somebody that might benefit from listening to this, feel free to share it. All right, thanks for listening, and bye for now.